podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone and welcome along to your immediate post-match reaction to Celtic 2, Rangers 1 and what was a really disappointing day for Rangers. We've, we went into the game feeling like we, we had a real chance. The worst we wanted to quit with was a draw. We didn't take our chances. We didn't play particularly well in the second half. There's plenty to discuss. I'm joined by Tommy and Ross to kind of break it down a little bit um, and, and give immediate thoughts to it. First of all, Tommy, I'll come to you. Um, what are your immediate thoughts on on that game? Yeah, thanks, Craig. Well, obviously, a disappointing result. Um, like you, I thought we had we had a chance and went in with a, a little bit of confidence to it as well, that momentum that we'd built up under Philippe Clement. But it's a story of, I think, squads and individual players. Celtic currently have a stronger squad and certainly up top, they've got more quality than we have, and we'll get into that later. So, yeah, disappointment all round. It's not a fatality in terms of the title race, but we need to take it on our chin right now. But I think the uh, the team, the fans, will get into it, know where our problems lie when it comes to the squad. Yeah, Ross, similar question to yourself. You, um, you're quite vocal during that game, I think it's fair to say, as we were, as we were watching it. What's your, your immediate takeaways from that? Do you, is it just a disappointing performance all round? Is it more we played okay first half but we lost the goal second goal so quick in the second half that you're then chasing your tail and it is what it is? I think if you look at the overall performance from Rangers today I, th- I think we went to Parkhead and played a lot worse than we did today. Um, I think that's probably why I'm the most disappointed I've been in a long time in, a, in an old firm fixture. I think Rangers had a lot of good chances in that first half and really just didn't capitalise on them and I think we've watched Rangers enough now over the years that when that pattern seems to emerge, you you kind of get the feeling you're going to be punished, and we were. Um, we'll obviously get into the two goals, but I think for Celtic, that should I say the two goals from Celtic. I think, yeah, I think overall there was an opportunity there for Rangers to to lay a bit of a marker today, and make a bit of a statement, and they've just they've not been able to do that. Unfortunately, they, they've obviously tried to come back at the end there, but it's too late. It's too late. I think that's the best way to put it. So, I'm I'm bitterly disappointed today. Actually, um, it's a sore one. So. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to get stuck into this, Craig. Yeah, it sounds like you can't wait to get stuck into this. Um, but yeah, let's 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 get start and look at the the game overall. We all knew that we wanted to go in, and we've seen plenty of games before where Rangers have gone to Parkhead and sat off Celtic and let them come at us. We didn't do that today. I actually thought we started in a in a positive manner. We got we got our foot on the ball. We um, were passing it about. We seemed fairly confident, apart from Sima. Sima was giving the ball away. Um, every single time we got it. But apart from Seema, we seemed to be doing quite well. Um, we just weren't creating very many chances. And that's always the concern. We, we've we been we've praised Cyril Dessers in the last few weeks in terms of how well he's done for us. I think today showed up his limitations. Um, and it was very obvious from, from early doors, even against a very weak Celtic backline, we weren't making much, weren't making much headway. And that one weren't a great deal of chances to be made we were maybe a wee bit slow by when we got to the edge of the box which allowed which meant that some chances that could have been there kind of disappeared but first real bit of action was actually the goal we conceded in the first half the Celtic goal conceding from a set piece we know we already knew it wasn't an area that Celtic are strong in it's actually an area we are really good at um normally in, in this season but it was just the ball came in front post defensive header from Sima. It, I don't think he had a Celtic player near him, to be fair, when he headed it. But instead of heading it back where it comes, 
he heads it straight into the, the middle of the goal and that's the last place you want it to go. Very good finish from Bernardo, I think it's safe to say, but a really disappointing goal to lose that one, Tom, isn't it? It is. I mean, listen, that's a long way around the barn saying Seema makes a mistake, right? And it's not to throw Seema under the bus. Right? Generally a good player, but he makes a makes a terrible mistake in terms of getting the placement of that header. He can either put it straight out for a, another corner, he can put it out for a throw-in if he just goes straight back, or he can put it out to the kind of wide angle of the box. He does none of that, and he puts it right into the centre of the box, first to react. Uh, much derided um, Paolo Bernardo uh, of Celtic uh, in terms of his fans haven't really kind of, the Celtic fans haven't really warmed to him. And it's a cracking finish. And again, we'll come back to it. The quality of finishes is what's determined the difference of this game, because Rangers had chances. I'm with you in terms of, I thought we got our foot on the ball early. We didn't show the nervousness and that let's start five yards further back than we, we should, uh, that we have shown in previous seasons. Philippe Clement's been very clearly he wants a high-pressing team. We saw some of the elements of that. Again, it comes down to some of the actors that we have in our team not being able to capitalise on what we've we've got. And that is absolutely crystallised up top. That The story isn't Abdallah Sima in terms of making an individual mistake, that can happen anywhere on the pitch. It's on us not being able to capitalise on the pressure moments that we had, the chances we created, and you know being able to carry that forward until the very final minute when the captain steps up again. Those are the, the key discussions. Yeah, Ross, I think the Adelacima one, it's very... It's tricky because it's, it's, it's such a difficult... It's so in the moment, I think, it's fair to, it's fair to say, that he's just making a split-second decision but it's so disappointing because that it felt like that just took the wind out of our sails immediately. It felt like we were building our way into the game, as Tommy and I have said. But that just took the wind out of our sails immediately. You're on the back foot. They've got they've got a, a stadium full of their own fans, and it just it, it creates that um, almost that siege mentality side of things. It's it's just really disappointing all round. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that Abdallah Sima didn't start the game well today. Um, I think he had a lot of opportunities to to take Johnson on 1v1 and he, and he wasn't able to do so. The one time he, he was able to beat him, he got Alistair Johnson booked. Um, so I, I I was a bit disappointed with Sima's start. I think that header, that clearance from the corner kind of summed up his start. It was a bit tentative. Um, he just doesn't get enough on it. And I think if your job at the front post there is to make that, you kind of send the ball back where it's came. You know, you're wanting to push it out wide. He sent it into the middle of the box. Tommy made a good point, right? It's a really good finish from Paolo Bernardo. He gets over it. Great technique. It's actually very similar to the Todd Cantwell chance they had at Motherwell last week where it's a great save from Liam Kelly. It's very similar. So you can't take anything away from the finish, but we've put ourselves in that position. Up until that point, I thought it was quite even between the two teams, but probably Rangers had the better chances. I think that's the best way to put it. So, yeah. Got into their box a few times and just weren't able to pull the trigger in the right way. And I think that's I think that's more disappointing for me today because I've seen this before. You know, I've seen us go to Parkhead and I've seen us create chances and we've just not been able to take them. I've seen that early today. Um, so when Celtic got that goal, again, I was going to say they've not really earned it. Maybe that's a bit harsh, but it came from a mistake from ourselves. Um, so I was a little bit gutted in that sense because I thought, well, you've done enough to build yourself into the game. Yeah. And I know you missed chances, but you've got a bit of control on it. We weren't able to capitalise on that. And yeah, you give Celtic that momentum to go on and kick on. Did they maybe do as much as I expected them to after that goal? Probably not, actually. I probably expected them to have a wee bit more joy. Um, but it's just really disappointing from our perspective. We just were not able to capitalise in the moments that are important in these games. Absolutely, and it's, a bit, it's all about being clinical and it goes back to the point you made, Tommy, as well, about 
a finishing chances and it's all about taking those chances and it, it was it was emblematic of that i think we saw symptomatic symptomatic emblematic one of those words one of those words, of those words. um eight minutes later Cyril Dessers running through on goal exactly the same angle you can see Rossi's face there is <laughs> as he remembers that you can see Rossi's face there as um, as he remembers that chance Cyril Dessers running through at the exact same angle as he did against Betis with less opposition um facing him um, he literally had to run through and go and take it and take a shot past the keeper he hesitates, he, he kind of dithers, he slows down, he gives Alistair Johnson the chance to get back, and it's it's an absolute shocker, um, Tommy, isn't it? It's just it's it's almost unforgivable in that sense. That's that's entirely the word. You know, there's a guy who we're told and it's a it's a team game. Okay, absolutely that should be the case, but you're looking for your focal point, your number nine to to make big statements. I want to be the hero before the game not a big fan of that type of thing in the lead up to a game and headline writers and stuff like that but then you get your chance he does well to pressurise the ball he's been on a decent run we've been told that Dessers is a confidence type striker if he's on a run of games and goals then he's instinctive and all that he doesn't look confident getting into the ball he never really gets shifts it out he doesn't shape his body he allows um, you know defender to come from like 25 yards back I'm not entirely sure if he gets a shout from Cantwell or not he's certainly looking at some point to square it to Cantwell but a striker needs to bear down and go there, up against the goalkeeper and just make it stick. He doesn't do any of that. Doesn't get a shot away at all. It's it's you know it's unforgivable when you're looking at your number nine, your central focus, the crystallisation of your attacking threat up front. Doesn't do any of that. I think you said earlier, Serial Dessers today showed his limitations. Serial Dessers, no matter what he does is not a Rangers number nine. And that's why you get the likes of Silver, etc. coming in right now. And I wish Serial Dessers the very, very best, but the bar he'd set is so low that a couple of goals in scrappy games makes you think, oh, we've got something. Betis game maybe aside. But I just don't think it's there with him. And I, I feel for the guy, actually, because I think the weight of that jersey has overpowered him and he's never going to quite match up to the expectations that we have. Just to add to that, Craig, is that it's a confidence thing, isn't it? You know, if you're a if you're a if you're a number nine like that, a central striker, and you're and you're running through on goal, in theory, though, Ross, he should be confident at this moment in time. That's my point. We're told he's a confidence player. He's scored goals. He's had a run in the team. He's been given confidence by his manager because he's a starter. If this isn't the confidence, Cyril Dessers, where is the confidence, Cyril Dessers? Yeah. By the way, we should also take a moment to say Celtic are a good side as well and played reasonably well in parts, and their two finishes were incredibly good. We should be fair-minded with that. But would we say would we say Celtic a good side? I don't think either side was particularly good um, today. I don't think either side was. It, both sides are riddled with injuries. We know our own limitations. I don't think either side played particularly well. I, I do think that the, the single difference between the two teams today was that they can finish. Well, I think that's a good clarification. What I meant was in the context of this conversation, this particular point, but it's a good challenge. Up front, Celtic are better than us. And that's what it came down to. I mean, the Kyogo goal, it's a fantastic finish. Can't take it away from, from him, right? We should be fair, fair about that. That's the killer moment because that takes the wind out of the sails. It's 47 minutes or whatever. Philippe Clement will have been in the dressing room showing them images and videos saying, this is where we need to get better. This is what we need to do. Get on top of them in the first five minutes in the second half. It kills that, breaks it apart. 
And that's what it comes down to. And it's not throwing Cyril Dessers alone under the bus. Up top, we weren't really great. You could actually argue middle to top, we weren't great. But the finishes are the difference. And that's why we need to invest in that particular area. Sorry, Ross, we interrupted your, your flow there. No, they were, <laughs> they, were, they were good points. I think I think what frustrated me about that chance was, and I agree with everything you've said there in confidence, and he pro should probably have it at this stage. But I think it's abundantly clear, abundantly clear he doesn't have it. Because I think in that situation, as a forward, you're, if you don't have the pace, and he's well aware, Cyril Dessers, that he doesn't have lightning pace, right? You get across your defender as quickly as possible. Because if you get across your man who's tracking back with you, he can't do anything. He's, he's either got to run around the outside of you and try and make a challenge, or he's got to bring you down, right? Cyril Dessers takes too long. He doesn't change his angle of his run. He's running at the same pace. And then he realizes he's into the box. He doesn't have that option for a cutback, and he tries to open his body. It's too late. It's too late. The... the there I felt has... like he was desperate for the cutback. I felt like he was desperate to pass the ball to Todd Cannavale. Do you want to give, give, yeah. give away that responsibility yeah. rather than taking on the shot? And you know what? If the goalkeeper saves it, the goalkeeper saves it. But yeah. you've, you, at least you've hit a shot on target and you've, you've had a chance at scoring a goal. Yeah. Your job there is to break into the box. And I, I get yeah. your point, Ross. I agree with you, right? And his body shape's terrible. Even with his lack of pace, he's, he's five yards from the goalkeeper. Yeah. Right? He's got to hit that a little bit earlier. He's got more than enough time He's got more enough time to shape the pass to Cantwell as well. Listen, all of that's to one side. You're number nine, you're bearing down on goal, you're one now down at Parkhead. You've already been the papers saying you want to be the hero. Take the shot. Yeah. Does it later on in the second half with a, a terrible angle and fires into the side netting? Yeah. You think that's the time to check back, chop in, try and find somebody at the box. Hit the shot early, make the keeper work, see what happens. Doesn't do any of that. I don't think he actually naturally recovered from that moment in the in the game, to be honest. Yeah, Ross. Sorry, are you going? No, to... just just the last thing on that, and I know we're spending a lot of time on this, but probably because the frustration of you really felt we should have scored at that time, right? I I just want my striker in that position. The the first thought should be I'm bearing down on goal here. I'm putting it in the back of the net. Now, if he realizes once he gets to that point around the box that maybe the angle isn't best and he wants to cut the ball back, that's fine. I've got no problem with that. In fact, I'll give him even more praise at that point if he's done everything right up until that point and he realises I've got more of a, there's more of a certainty of us scoring here if I cut this ball back. That's fine with me. But it was in his mind as soon as he picked the ball up and he's driving in and goal that he wants to cut back. Well, the Celtic defenders are well aware of that. If we can all see that watching, they're well aware that he wants to cut the ball back. He gave them too much time to get back and it ended up being a good challenge. So yeah, really disappointing. Yeah, Ross, I felt we reacted well to, to going behind, actually. I felt like we continued to build play. We almost took the initiative from that point and we seemed to um, be building towards um, some decent attacks and things like that, but we just didn't create the final chance apart from that serial Dessers one that we've just um, kind of discussed at length. The one moment where the whole living room here was an uproar, I'm sure the living rooms around the country were, were an uproar, it was um, the potential penalty that Rangers should have had Alistair Johnson against Seema um, just in the, the sort of left corner of the box beside the byline and it's very clear that Alistair Johnson, we didn't see it in the first we didn't see yeah. it when it was first, when it first happened live, as soon as the replay happened it's obvious that Alistair Johnson punches the ball out of play there's no other, there's no other way to describe it there's no other way to describe it, it's obvious that Alistair Johnson punches the ball out of play I understand the referee on the park not giving it because we didn't see it live and body angles and all that sort of stuff. The fact that VAR wouldn't give it, and yes, they did try and clarify it about 45 minutes later that it, that it may have been offside, but the fact that VAR wouldn't give that penalty, it just it astounded me at that moment in time. 
Oh, Taiki McCool here. Yeah, I, I think, look, it's a clear penalty for me. Um, I think Alistair Johnson and Seymour are obviously wrestling for the ball, but ultimately Alistair Johnson's arm is in an unnatural position and he punches the ball out of play. Um, I know the, the panel on Sky Sports today were saying it was accidental. Of course, they also said it was a penalty, so that's not going against them. They're right, it was accidental. Uh, the boy didn't mean it, but it's a clear penalty. The secondary point to that is, okay, it may, it may have been offside. That's fine. I think we can all accept that it, it was a penalty, but it's offside. We, we would go, we would raise our hand at that point and go, yeah, that's fair. The problem was they ruled it wasn't a penalty without without offside being involved at that point. They just said it wasn't a penalty. I think most people watching um, a game of football take your bias out of it. That's a clear penalty. I, th- I think the real interesting thing as well was, and um, Ian Crocker clarified that later on in the commentary, was that he said that they can hear Willie Collum and yep. they, they can hear Willie Collum's discussions. At no point was offside mentioned until the 60th or 65th minute of the game. And they could hear the conversation that was going on between the VAR and the ref. So they would have had clear, if 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 they were if Willie Collum said, no, it's not a penalty because it was offside, immediately Ian Crocker and the Sky Sports team are talking about the fact that it's offside. Exactly. That's not that's not what happened. And I thought I think that's a that's a secondary after the fact justification for why it wasn't given. It was it was it was incredibly frustrating. It was a stonewall penalty, and when you get Neil Lennon and, and James McFadden saying that it's a penalty to Rangers, you know it's um, you know it's a stonewaller. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree with everything you said there. I, I think it's one of those ones where, yeah, if the if the offside come call comes within the same VAR check, you just accept it and you move on. But ultimately, it didn't, and it was just ruled that it wasn't a penalty, and we were supposed to move on. It then comes in the 60th minute of the game that all oh, look back here, it was an offside. It's a bit too late. You've already ruled that. It, it wasn't a penalty anyway. So, yeah, that's really disappointing. I think um, without going too much into it at this point, I'm sure we'll jump into it. I just thought the refereeing performance today was abysmal from Nick Walsh. You maybe include the VAR team in that as well with that instance. But I just thought, again, it's another game. Um, and this isn't just because Rangers have lost the game. This is because the, the refereeing in this country is abysmal. It's really poor. And it's every week. And we've seen it again today. There's numerous calls in that game that just seem to have went against us. That I'm not really sure how. So, yeah, it's really disappointing. Yeah, we'll come back to a few of those those calls in the second half as well. Tommy, half-time, we were 1-0 down, but we were in quite positive spirits, I think it's fair to say. We, we saw our way back into the game for Rangers. We weren't overly confident that we would be able to take the chances, but we knew we'd create the chances, and that was going to be what the question mark was for the second half. But within 90 seconds of the second half, we can see the second goal, a very, very good finish from Kyogo. I don't think we can take away from that but it was disappointing how it was defended in the build-up from a Rangers perspective and to go be 2-0 down at that point it's it's a real uphill battle yeah listen a fair a fair and complete synopsis there I thought we could get back into it at half time uh, I didn't think I've said I didn't think there was much between the teams at, uh, in the first half other than one chance taken and then as you say you come out Philippe Clement will have wanted this to be you know really front foot try and put the pressure on I think the ball comes down the right-hand side. There's a, a pass that cuts out three players. Then it comes back inside. It goes into Kyogo. I think Goldson could could possibly be a little bit tighter, but I'm not blaming him for the, the finish, which is fantastic. It's the moment of the game, high quality from Kyogo. Uh, you know, that's that's a fair statement. More worrying, Maida's actually free as well, down down the inside of the box. He's completely free. And I think most Celtic fans will have been shouting, give it to... Most Rangers fans will have been shouting, give it to Maida as well. But um, in terms of... The finish, 
well, he, he shifts it in and it's a fantastic finish at the top corner against a top-class goalkeeper in Jack Butland. Can't take anything away from that. That's the moment of quality of the game. That's the moment that I refer to when I say that's the difference. If it had dragged on at one, we're in it and anything could have happened. I think two, it took us a long, long, long time to recover belief in that. And that only came when James Tavernier stepped up right at the death. And then it actually became a little bit nervy for them. But that takes all the belief out of us, all the thought process of, right, this is how we build ourselves back into the game. It's a case of, oh, they've done us over. And that comes down to absolute piece of quality up top. Shifts it in, he bangs it in the top corner. That's the difference between the number lines. Yeah, Tommy sprinted through the second half there. We'll, we'll break it down a wee bit more. Than oh, Tommy's Tommy's running through it um, as if he's Usain Bolt, but we'll go back to we'll go back to some of the sort of the key moments in that. I think um, I think you're right, Tommy, in terms of we didn't um, we really struggled to react to that second goal. Mm-hmm. It took the wind out our sails, took the wind out of our sails watching the game. We felt that was it was a, a step too far for us to to come back. But there was this, we, when we were discussing it during the game, Ross, we felt that if we did get a goal probably by the 70th minute. If we got a goal before the 70th minute back, we knew Celtic would be nervy. In the end, we got a goal back in the 88th minute and Celtic were incredibly nervy for, for eight minutes that were added on. But it was um, it was, it was a real blow um, to us at that moment in time, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think the way we started the second half was really poor. I think Philippe Clement will look at that and, and really not be happy about it. I, th- I think at half time he would have probably sat down with the team and felt, listen, we're behind, but you know we've done well up until this point. Um, it's something we can build on in the second half. I just thought the way that Rangers started the second half just wasn't it wasn't enough. And it shows that Celtic scored early because we just we didn't seem to be at the races at all. They came out really looking to kill the game early, and we kind of came out looking to stifle them and not really put any pressure on them. And I think I don't think that's the way to to play in an environment like that because we didn't play that way in the first half. We should have come out and it should have been more like the first half. We just didn't have enough. Um coming back to Tommy's point. It's a great finish from Kyogo. You just have to say it, don't you? You know, he's he's on the edge of the box. He shifts it onto his left foot, which I believe is a weaker foot, and he's curled it in the top right corner. I mean, it's one of those moments where you just have to kind of hold your hands up, don't you? The first goal, you you know, there's a lot of frustration around it because Rangers can do a lot more. I think Rangers could have done more to prevent the second goal based on the kind of overall play. Ultimately, it's a great finish. Um, and I think you would rather get beat in, in terms of or you'd rather lose a goal in that matter than the first. So... Yeah, I'm trying to be as fair as possible there. It was a poor start to the second half. And and, I, and I'll be honest with you, yeah, I, I feel it was going to be really tough for us to get back into it at that point, just the way that we had performed in that first kind of 15 minutes of the second half. Yeah, Tommy, Ross touched on a bit earlier about the fact that the, the refereeing was abysmal today. Um, I just want to touch on a couple, of, a couple of the points, I guess, where as Rangers fans, we would feel a bit aggrieved um, from that. Performance. I think it's mainly focused on um, a couple of players. Alistair Johnson and Bernardo were both booked fairly early on in the second half. Uh, the first half, sorry. Um, both had numerous fouls that would have been yellow cards in any other game, but they weren't given. Um, how frustrating was that for you during the game that the referee was being as lenient as he was in those situations? Well, yeah, listen, the key players... Uh, losing any player, we, we find that with, with Balogun later on as well. And the I'm trying to take a slower walk through the second half here for you, right? Um, yeah, listen, the frustration, and it probably not just the Rangers to every every club, is the consistency level. So 
how many times do you get away with? We always talk about that, or people get away with the first booking that's early in the game, or you get a talking to, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. People get to make a couple of fouls. Actually, the more annoying one to me is always that second one because refs seem to reset the button, or you've respawned, you've had your yellow. Um, look at me trying to be young, saying respawned. I think that's a gaming term. I'm not entirely convinced, right? But um, you get your first yellow, and then it's right. You get four or five in the bank to come back and maybe get a talking to in amongst that, maybe not. Chance for your manager to sub you if he really wants to. And then you might you might focus in on getting a second yellow or a red or whatever. And that's the frustration point. I mean, I think Johnson definitely is in there. You saw Callum McGregor as well putting it about. Doesn't get a booking till really late in the game. That seems to be a point we discussed that in here as well. So yeah, listen, it's frustrating. And we were right to focus on some of that in terms of the impact that it had on the game. Ultimately though, the referee didn't take this game away from Rangers. I think a little bit of quality from Celtic and Rangers not being able to match up at the top of the park took it away from Rangers. Right? I don't believe there's a million miles between the, the squads or the teams other than what we've already self-identified, which is they've got a little bit of belief and a little bit of additional quality up top, and that's what swung it today. Not the referee, not penalties that could occur or not been given, not... 45 minutes later, finding out that it's offside when it maybe maybe may or may not have been, or inconsistencies in the yellows. More interesting concentrating the football, and the football was second half, we sat off at the start, they produced a bit of quality, we didn't get back into our rhythm until near enough the 80th, um, ninth, 90th minute. That's what's cost us today. But improving signs under Philippe Clement, let's not walk past some of that positivity there as well. Tommy ending on a rare um, positive note on his I point there. <laughs> Ross, I think the Leon Balogun red card, none of us have any complaints about that. It's, it's ridiculous from Leon Balogun. It, the, it's, it's more on his touch than anything else that he takes. And everything after that is a result of that bad touch. And I don't think any of us have any complaints. Would they would they be better letting Maida run through and have a shot at go? Or would but then if you're 3-0 down and you've still got a lot of men in the park, you've got just as much chances if you're 10 down to 10 men and you've got um it's still 2-0. So the only disappointing thing, I guess, was that he's suspended for future games, but that's it, it kind of was what it was at that stage, and it was it was um it was just, just disappointing to to see it come to that. I think one of the we've spoken a bit about the squad and Tommy's spoken at length there about the fact that the quality up top is where the difference was. We ended that game with Ross McCausland, and Cyril Dessers and Scott Wright as our front three. If that's not a sign of how how much we are in we are in trouble up, up top at this moment in time, then I don't know what is. This team deserves a lot of credit for how they've taken us through this December. The fact that they've, up until today, had went unbeaten through um, a lot of tough games. They um, got us to the top of the Europa League group by winning away in Betis. They won the Viaplay Cup um, for Rangers, which is a great line in the sand. We're back in the title race. Today, you spoke in the preview about the fact that today wasn't going to be defining in that title race. We are um, we are eight points behind currently with two games in hand. If you if you look at it, potentially a two-point gap, that's more than surmountable when we've still got half a season left to go. I think we are in a positive place. But the fact that we finished that game with Ross McCausland, Cyril Dessers and Scott Wright as our front three is... I, I don't even know how to describe it. I was trying to think of a way to describe it. It's just a terrible it's a terrible way for us to be. to be, And it's got to be a real area of focus. And Fabio Silva's obviously 
signed and dotted line yesterday, but it's got to be a real area of focus for us as we go through January. Well, I think it's clear why Fabio Silva's been brought in so early. I mean, the deal has been finalised and, and we're not even into the window yet, which is pretty rare that a club would come out and announce that signing before the window's actually opened. So it shows you how important Philippe Clement and probably the recruitment team feel that we need bodies up front. In terms of what we're finished with today, yeah, look, they're not good enough, you know, and um, Scott Wright, we've known for a while, isn't good enough. Right, he was very close to leaving in the summer. I think it's quite clear Cyril Dessers is not up to being a starting number nine for Rangers, even though he's performed well over the last couple of weeks. Ross McCausland, I'll give a bit of a pass. I think he's a young player coming into this. And actually, he wasn't one of the players I would have started today, but I think he actually done pretty well overall, McCausland. I don't think you could pick him out and say that, he, you know, maybe sometimes people run off him and things like that, but I expect that from young players, right? So I think overall it just, yeah, there's a bit of a worry there for me. Um, even when you're bringing off a Todd Campbell, it's a Kieran Dowell coming on to play at that kind of number 10. You've got a Dujon Sterling next to Lundstrom. Again, played well today, but he's not the long-term centre midfielder, is he, for Rangers? Yeah. So we're in a very tricky situation, um, and it's something we're going to have to address pretty quickly. I've said this before. I think the winter break is going to be really important for Rangers. I think they're going to really look to get a few bodies back in. The only thing that gives me a bad doubt about that is I think I've said this for the last two or three years now that this winter break is going to be really important for Rangers yeah. and it never seems to actually materialise. It tends to go the other way yeah. than a positive way. It tends yeah. to go the negative way, which I think is the, the cycle yeah. we need to get out of. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's I think what Philippe Comont really has rested on his shoulders as we go into this. I, I have confidence in Philippe Comont. I think everything that he's done so far has been really positive and is, you can tell that he's taking us in the right direction. It's whether he can take us in the right direction quickly enough to get to the, to get to the the all important week title this year and then the what what comes off the back of that one, Tommy. I don't know if you you kind of leaned in there as though you had something to add. I don't know if you got a summary, summary point. I've I've always got something to add. Um, no, listen. I think I think there's a there's a couple of things in there actually. Just to just to um, make additional points, which is Philippe Clement will be looking forward to getting the team into Spain during the winter camp. We know that the the winter window is incredibly important. We also know it's incredibly fraught to try and get people in and out. We've already self-identified and everybody in listening and watching will have self-identified where we need to up our recruitment, Fabio Silva being the start of that. It is just a case of what might be achievable though in that winter window. And so there's a perspective to that. It may be that we have to go with the limitations that we, we currently bind ourselves in. The problem is, and it's not continually harking back, there was a revamp of the squad under Michael Beale, and unfortunately that revamp has left us not with what we expected, which was a front foot forward facing progressive squad with really a, you know exciting players, but actually really imbalanced squad. Notwithstanding, we've got some injuries, right? You know, Danilo, for example, would have probably started today if he's fit. But now Philippe Clement and Niels Coppin, etc., are going to have to do a little bit of mini surgery in the winter to see if they can get us to push on towards title because title race is wide open, right? Defeat today is not fatal. Right, and we've already won the first trophy of the season, so it's what you can do there. Silva's not the last, and then Clement will see what he can do. To your point about fast enough, the question will be: Can he get his there this season, or is it one, maybe two trophies, not the title? And then what does it look like next season? But ultimately, again, whilst it's still raw and nobody likes to be beaten, right? I'm certainly not making a case for it. Philippe Clement has done an incredibly good job so far. We can all see that it's going in the right direction. He's already won a trophy. And if we win our games in hand, it's two points. So, yeah, whilst it's a sore head at the moment, it doesn't mean it's a it's a dark dawn. Yeah, it's a really disappointing day. Obviously, it's disappointing any time you lose 
an old firm game, this point anytime you lose any game, but today especially is is disappointing. But as Tommy says there, it's not fatal for Rangers season and in actual fact December's been a really positive month for us overall and we're definitely back in a title race. We've got the Scottish Cup to play for. We're in the last sixteen of the Europa League and there's plenty of positives to look forward to as we as we move forward through the January transfer window. Hopefully add some some qualities as we've touched on in there and then push on from there and start to take hold of this league. Thank you very much to Ross and Tommy for joining us. It's never easy doing this type of podcast straight after the full-time whistle in an old firm game that you've lost, um, but it's, um, it's it's cathartic in a way as well. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening as well. If you liked the video, um, if you enjoyed the video, sorry, please drop a like on it. It helps us massively. If you've um, not subscribed to TII YouTube channel as yet, please make sure you do that. Toggle on those notifications, and you'll get you'll get a wee um, you'll get a wee alert every t- single time my video is uploaded or or we go live. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And until next time, good. Sports Social Podcast Network.